It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi everyone and welcome to I should say Club Club Live, Club Deck Corner here at Club at 22 and just podcast. You have the B team tonight. Before I introduce my guest, if you'd like to subscribe to the channel, to support, to support the podcast, which is next level, you can join the channel for as little as 99p. Um, you can also buy the podcast a coffee and join the Coffee Buying Le- Legend memberships via buymeacoffee.com. All the descriptions are in the link below. So, introducing my one and only guest tonight, it's the B team tonight, Scotia. How are you tonight? Uh, evening, the B team indeed. Um, hopefully we can carry you through, but what a, what a time for a B team performance because that was a really enjoyable weekend we just had there watching Rangers. Yeah, ultimately it probably doesn't mean an awful lot, but it was still enjoyable nonetheless. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good Saturday, Scotia. The, the sun was out as well. The Viceroy's Beer Garden was open too, so there was, uh, there was several beverages had on Saturday. Probably a few sore heads on Sunday, but it was uh, it was nice to come out of Ibrox for once, Scotia, and um, have a smile on your face because, <laughs> let's be honest, pretty much every game at Ibrox this season has been a bit of a slog, do you know I think? Yeah, I was actually thinking about that today, Ali, and it's it's something that Ryan's always alluded to on the the club live pods we do on Friday evening that it's it is a bit of a chore going to Ibrox these days because all our best performances so far this season have been away from home, um, apart from maybe the very early you know the European qualifying games at the very very start of the season. Other than that, there's not been a, an awful lot to write home about. But like you say, the weather was perfect for it. The team performed really well on the day. And we left with three goals to, to none conceded, which was fantastic. Yep. And I'd just like to say, John Lamy has donated um, £5 as well. Thank you very much, John Lamy. I don't know if that's through the Coffee Vine membership that i just seen it was starred there. So 
Thank you very much, John, for that. Um, let's get into the the game in Saturday. Scotia, obviously, me and Carney done the, the post-match. You didn't have your say on it. Um, you were too... You're too excited. I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed myself. Let's put it that way. So, yeah, so you're, you're here to give your opinion on the game. Um, so in the comments, all the listeners can hear about it. But the, the team lineup score shot was McCrory, Tav, Goldson, Suter, Yilmaz, um, Raskin, Cantwell, Lundstrom, Jack, Batondo, Sakala. Am I missing one now? That's it, I, I think. think you went through them all. You just you I, just I, done I, them in a strange order. I done it in a strange so way because I was looking for a kind of, uh, so I got <laughs> them all there. Um I know we obviously I was with you when they come out in the pub and we all have a look around at each other and see what we think. Um what was your initial reactions to that team? Was it what you kind of thought? It was slightly different than what I thought. I thought I didn't think Jack would come in straight away, but I know Carney had kind of mentioned on the pod on the, the previous Friday that he thought he would come straight back in. But um, Jack coming back in, not a surprise as such, but just given that he'd only had a couple of days training, wasn't sure that he would, he would throw him in. And then I suppose the only other one is it was the Sakala who was playing up front kind of question. Was he going to go with Morelos? Because he'd, he'd made some contradicting comments during the week, like after the game the previous week and then during the week, made slightly contradicting comments that Beal tends to do occasionally, um, let's be honest. And obviously, given given Sakala's performances in the, the previous sort of couple of old firm games, particularly the one the ones at Hamden, um, there was a wee question mark about that. But I, when I seen that team, I was I was yeah, with you in the pub and was fairly happy with that, really happy, in fact, because... It, it gives you kind of what you want, certainly in terms of you know Jack being there, Lundstrom being there, and what they offered during the game, which we'll come on to. The only wee bit was up front, maybe a wee bit lightweight. You know, will we take our chances? Yeah, I mean, my, my thing with, with Jack Lundstrom is it's, it's it's one off for me. I get why he did it. It kind of shores us up in the midfield a bit, and I think I said in the post match it kind of frees Raskin to a point as well, too. So I understand why he did it. Up front, I know Carney wasn't happy with Sakala starting up front. I think he was going Morelos. Carney's made his mind up in Sakala, but I was of the opinion with Sakala up front that you don't play Morelos going forward. He's, he's not here next season. What's the point? The only guy we've got left is Sakala. If you look at it, we've got Roof out, uh, Cholax out, and Morelos, the only fit real striker we've got is, is leaving us, and he's really not kicked a ball this season. So, I wasn't surprised with Sakala, if I'm being honest. But in the game, Scotia, I thought Rangers started really well on the front foot. Um, they, were, they were in Celtic's faces. As we've said, we've said for a long time playing, playing Celtic, you can't stand off and you need to take the game to them. We did. Within five minutes, um, there was a ball. It was Cantwell put it out to... Uh, Sakala. So it was. Back to Lundstrom. Lundstrom has a shot for outside the box. Joe Hart parries out. And there he is, Cantwell. Rifles it into the into the back of the net. Scotia. We couldn't have got off to a better start. Oh, it's Kenny always what you want. And it's see an awful lot of aspects of this move for the goal. It's Kenny things that we've been screaming out for all season. What to happen? Winning the ball in midfield like Cantwell does. And he gives the goals as well for it. Yeah, moving it quick out to Sakala. Sakala looks up, plays in Lundstrom. Lundstrom takes a shot from outside the box, which I didn't think we were going to see this season. But he takes the shot and then Cantwell does really, really well to react 
to the, the, the kind of parry that Hart makes and then I knocks it away and yeah, you can't get much better than being 1-0 up with inside the first five minutes. Um, and, and we were, you know, we even before that, five minutes prior to that as well, you could see that Rangers were on it for that quick start and we succeeded because too often we've, in old firm games, we've maybe had a wee bit of a quick start and we've not really managed to capitalise on that on that momentum, and it's it's come back to, to sting us, um, but I was really happy with, with what happened in those first wee five-minute period. Yep, and um, thank you to Rangers Loyalist Scotia, who has became a YouTube member. I know folk moan about the, the colour green that flashes up. <laughs> Garney said there's <laughs> nothing he can do with YouTube. I think Ryan says it's the Northern Ireland green, so um, no, thanks for becoming a member, but do you know, Scotia, that's the first time we've always said we need to take the lead against Celtic in these games. And it's the first time we've taken the lead against Celtic since that Phil Hollander game, which is ages ago. It just shows you how long ago that was. Yeah, and it's one of these things in old firm games, when you do take the lead early, either team, you're kinda, you've got then something to hold on to a wee bit. You've got the momentum. Obviously, it was different because there was no away fans there then at Ibrooks and Saturday there. But you get them, your the crowd on your side. And um, when was was that? What two thousand and twenty, twenty one? It would have been that hell under goal, early twenty one. Yeah, it was like in September. Yeah, it was just after COVID. Yeah. It was the first full house, I think, at Ibrooks actually. Yeah, so I, it's it's quite ridiculous when you look at it in that. And um, thank you very much, Lorraine. Yep, thank you very much, Lorraine. Much appreciated. Um, yeah, but being Rangers as Rangers do, Scotia, we instantly try to ship a goal when um, Celtic broke up the park. I'm trying to think who played. I don't know if it was a bad I played. I played a slip, boy, slip ball to the boy O up front. McCrory rushes out, slips, kind of falls a bit, and the boy O trying to chips it over him, hits the post, Scotia. This would be the most Rangers thing ever if, if we'd shipped a goal instantly. Well, we've managed to do it quite a few times already this season against Celtic, and very, very recently as well. Um, yeah, we get, we we did get away with it a wee bit there, as you say, McCrory does does slip a bit, but it's not even this season we've done it. We've kind of mentioned Rangers in the past before that, and I suppose this is true for our sort of most football teams that you're most vulnerable after you've just scored yourselves yeah. because you're getting back into into shape and into position. Um, so we did get away with it a wee bit there, but. Um, Aye, thankfully so. Yeah, and and after that, Scotia, I mean, Carney mentioned the post-match, but I, I don't think we lost our way, but I just thought we, we sat off them for a bit. Celtic started knocking the ball about. They looked quite comfortable in the ball. I know they didn't really open us up. McCrory didn't have much to do apart from that, the one the chance we just said there, but I thought for 15, 20 minutes before the second goal, Celtic probably controlled the ball better than we did, if I'm being honest. I would probably say Celtic controlled the ball throughout the whole game more than we did. But I think this was a, a deliberate tactic employed employed by Beal. And it certainly wouldn't have been a tactic he would have employed if my team had started ahead of his. Because what he had was he, he had Jack and Lundstrom sitting there deeper, able to cover the fullbacks for us. Um, and we were just quite, we were quite happy to let Celtic have a lot of the possession. We'd soak it up and, you know, hit them when we had the... The, the momentum on our side, um, so I thought Beal got his tactics pretty spot on because I think if you look at the the overall possession stats for the game, it's nearly 70-30 percent in Celtic's favour. I'm pretty sure, um, which you know in an old firm game you wouldn't expect 
the team with 70 30 possession to then lose 3 0. But I thought Bill gets tactics spot on, and he's obviously as well using the, the pace of Sakala and Matondo up top, and actually maybe not playing Morelos as well, allowed him to play Sakala and Matondo more as like a, a two through the middle. We can, can't well able to kind of do what he wanted and behind him, I know, which we'll get on to things like that. Yeah, I. I... I was I was looking at the first half. I thought he was happy to give them the ball because if we nick the ball, you've got Matondo and Sakala with pace um, against their back line because they I mean they were missing Carter Vickers and um, the boy Johnson, so they were they were there to be got at Celtic at the back line. But then we get a corner kick, Scotia, thirty four minutes. Tav whips the ball into the box. Usually, I'm at this point. We get corner kicks. I'm not expecting very much because nothing usually happens with corner kicks for us. And there's John Stewart. I'll be honest, Scotia. Initially, I thought it was an own goal, <laughs> but when you see it back, bullet header for big John Stewart. And um, I was happy for Stewart because he's went through a lot of challenges this season. His first um, season with Rangers, injuries, personal problems. Obviously, what happened to Mick Parkhead not that long ago, but um, that was a big goal for him going forward. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've just seen I've just seen Carney's comment there if you want to put it up before we go on. But well, I'll speak you can get that comment up, but I'll speak about the goal. Yeah, I was really pleased for Suter here because he does really well to find the space as well from the corner. You know, that he just pulls away right at the, the optimum moment and then gets his head on it. And I was really happy for Suter and happy for, for me in a wee bit as well because I've kind of been banging the drum about Suter ever since we we would we signed him from Hearts then that January last season, and I was hoping for high things for him, and then um, he's he's certainly shown it. Um, and I thought he had a tremendous game again, playing perhaps not his favoured side at the centre of defence, but no, I was really good. And like you say, scoring a goal from a corner, it doesn't seem. This is something that we've bemoaned all season: us not being able to score from corners and us conceding from corners. So uh, that was good. Yeah. I just read Carney's comment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've clicked the outro <laughs> videos instead of the intro. To be fair, Scotia, I don't think anybody in the comments noticed because nobody's actually pulled it up apart from Carney. So um, that, <laughs> yeah, that is that is why. Yeah, well, that is why me and Scotia are the B team. So you will get a couple of bloopers in there. So <laughs> I'll try and do the outro when we um, when we finish this podcast. But well, no, let's keep, let's keep it back to front, and you can do the intro for the outro. Right? I could, couldn't I? Could do it back to front. Aye, but fair, Carry was a mutant Friday when we first kicked off. So, <laughs> True. anyway, yeah, we've had a no. few bloopers recently, actually, on the pod, haven't we? That time aye. we had to cut into two videos and whatnot. So, I. Folk know we're not professional scores. I felt like a wee blooper now and again. So at least it gives us another blooper for the end of season blooper show. So we'll we'll get that in. But um no, I thought John Stewart was good scores again. I thought playing left left um centre half. I thought he did he was, he's looked comfortable there. He's looked more comfortable than Ben Davies, I think, to be honest. And ben Davies is an actual um left sided centre centre half. But um no, I, I think Suter was good, Scotia, and I, I think obviously he's probably going to play the final three games, and it'll be interesting next season where, where Suter fits in this Rangers team. But I think he'll have a, I think he'll play quite a few games next season. What do you think? Yeah, I'd hope so because I, I imagine we'll go into next season again with like a, a solid core of four centre halves. Now, I, I, for, in my opinion, that's definitely going to be Goldson, and it's definitely going to be Suter. It's question marks on whether it will still be Ben Davies or not, and A, another, because 
I would expect King probably maybe to go out on loan. So expect to see a few in. But no, Suter's he's done really well. And I mean, even the the game at, at Hamden where he, he had that slip and the, the, the loose back pass, he was having a really good game up until that point. And I think since he's yeah. come back from his injury, since he's got back into the team and playing, he's he's been solid and he's never given me bits of fear that Davies occasionally gives me and he has done over the past few months in particular, because I think I'd mentioned before, Carney was speaking about him, and I was like, I coming round to Carney's way of thinking, and then Davis slipped back into like what I'd seen previously. Um, maybe Davis can turn that around, because um, there was a couple of players that recently look as if they're maybe turning around, or my opinion of them, over the, like, the earlier part of the season. But no, Suter, for me, uh, I, I have no... No qualms with Scolson and Suter as a centre-half pairing for the remainder of the season and even at, at, at times next season. Yeah, as long as he stays fit, Suter. <laughs> I'd like to think he's maybe over on that now. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But half-time squash, obviously, we, we meet each other in a, in a concourse at um, half-time. I think we're all looking at each other going, Christ, we're doing a lot, Peter. This is unusual for us, especially against against Celtic as well. Um what was your thoughts at half time? Did you think we would kick on or did you think they would come right back into it? No, I felt fairly comfortable. Like I say, the way that we were playing, we were containing them well, we were letting them have it, but not having it in positions that were really hurting us. You know, apart from that, maybe that we owe chance for all. Um, no, I was fairly comfortable and, you know, we had. Pl- we had a fairly decent bench in terms of players that we could bring on, you know, and players that you can bring on that can impact games at later stages, your likes of your Arfields and, you know, even though Morelos didn't appear, he's still sitting there on the bench to come on and impact at a later stage. You know, I felt fairly comfortable. And at this point as well, the crowd were well and truly. If they hadn't been up for it at the start of the, after that first five minutes, they definitely were now because, as we say, the weather was brilliant. Everyone was happy with that. So, no, I was feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, no, I had a good feeling about it. It's just I'm never comfortable at Ibrox. We could be playing it anywhere and I'm never comfortable, Scotia. I was always wanting the third goal. When the third goal goes in, you you know you're pretty much there. But in the second half, Ryan Jack kind of dilly-dallies on a ball and um, that O'Reilly nicks off and drives forward, has a shot, and um, there's McCrory, Scotia. Um, it made a fantastic save to, not to keep us in the game, but to keep the to keep the, the scoreline at 2-0 at that point. McCrory, I'll, we'll touch on him when we, we go into sort of notable players, but just briefly on McCrory, he's not put a foot wrong so far, has he? No, he's been brilliant since he's come in. And he's he's given... You can see that sometimes Goldson gets a wee bit confused, or not confused, but a wee bit surprised that he's got a keeper there coming in to rush in and take the ball in areas that he's maybe not used to the, the, the previous keepers doing, but in particular McGregor doing, but I think McCrory, McCrory, sorry, and it's a couple of appearances that he's made since returning from injury, again, has done himself no harm in, in knocking in the door for that number one spot. And I, I know I'm maybe going about it too much, but he's been, for me, he's been someone that I can see being a Rangers number one. Um, obviously, injury since Beals come in has maybe, maybe kept him from appearing as many times as he should have. But no, I thought he put another great performance in, and that's now a couple of old firm games that he's had clean sheets in as well. So uh, yeah. I don't think there's many that can beat him for that in your first couple of appearances. He's had um, four consecutive clean sheets, but yeah, we'll we'll discuss them a bit more when we come on to sort of players that kind of shone in the game and maybe maybe going forward as well. But 
after that, Rangers had a couple of chances. I remember Raskin putting Sakala through, went around Joe Hart, pulled it back to Cantwell, who put a shot. Joe Hart done well to touch it around the post. And then on the 70th minute, Scotia, Cal McGregor and Startfelt make a pure arse out. The man for Zambia latches on it. He's away. He goes round Joe Hart. And the whole of Ibrox at this point thought he's going to hit the side net. What was your thoughts when he went round that goal, when he went round Joe Hart? Don't tell me you thought he was going to put it in. No, I had the fear like everyone else. Definitely had the fear. I thought Cantwell done really well. It was Cantwell that pounced in that loose ball. And, uh, yeah. the, you can already tell the many times we've kind of mentioned Cantwell, how important he was on Saturday. But yeah, he pounces in that kind of mix-up, slips into Scala. Scala does what he's done really good at doing, you know, getting around, goes around the keeper. And then, yeah, I ha- did have the fear, to be honest, that he was going to put this into the side net. And again, it took me a while because at this point I'd come down and was sitting with you for the second half. So I, I, I did take a wee bit of time to kind of make sure that the ball was, you know, nestling in the back of the net rather than just going over the line. But thank God he'd done it because I don't know if you... Well, Sakala is one of these players that I don't think he much bothers him in that kind of way. But it's very difficult if you miss three absolute sitters to come back from in such, you know, big occasions. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, would you, when you look at it back, it's, it's a good goal. The composure to take it around the goalkeeper rather than have the shot. Um it wasn't the cleanest of, of strikes, but they ended up in the back of the net, Scotia. And it's another goal for Sakala. I know a lot of folk have made their mind up on Sakala, like he's not good enough for Rangers. I still think he's got something to offer as a as a player off the bench, a squad player in certain games. He's I, I felt for him at times because to me he's not he's not a focal point. We were the first half at points we were pinging balls up to him to try and hold balls and that and knock ons and. I thought he'd done well in Saturday, Scotia. And yes, he hasn't been great in recent games, but I still don't think through the middle is his position. I think he is better kind of out wide. What's your thoughts? No, I totally agree with where you're coming from. That I do think that Sakala is a, a decent squad option. More than a decent squad option. And I think he can there's these certain games that he can start in. But like you say, I don't think we can view him as being the number one striker. He, he, yeah. he can't be that type of player because he's not that type of player. But don't get me wrong, if someone came in in the summer and offers decent money for him, which they could could potentially do, I wouldn't be adverse to letting him go if the money was right. You know, a couple of two, three million quid. I'd be, I'd, my head would be turned by that. But I also think that even if that offer doesn't come in, he has a decent option off the bench. And yeah, he, he can come on. He gives you energy in certain games. You know, I think of how often before he sort of started hitting his purple patch when Beal came in. How many times this season that he kind of started and he would do, come off the bench, play really well, and we all scream for Sakala to start, and then he goes and has a really poor game when he does start. Um, so he can, he can offer you that off the bench in certain games and things. So no, I kind of agree with you and Sakala in that regard. No, it'll be interesting. So I just, I'd, I'd same opinion that if somebody come in and offered money, I'd potentially look at moving them on, to be honest, because we need to move players in the summer. We need to bring money in. You've got players like Glenn Kamara and that, falling into that. John Lundstrom, what do you do with him? I know he's only got another year left his contract. If somebody come in, would you move him? Do you keep him? He actually, he's actually started to play all right in the last couple of games, Scotia, but whether that's because we've got nothing to play for him, I don't know, but um, yeah, but after that, Scotia, 
nothing. There wasn't any major chances after that, and the the final score was Rangers three, Celtic nil. And let's not get carried away for a minute here because um, Celtic, on course, to win a and well, they will win a treble. That's without being um, they're playing Inverness in the final. They'll probably beat Inverness. They will win a treble. They've won most of the games this season. Yes, we've won this game. A lot of folk will say it's a dead rubber. Michael Beale described it as it's, it's breathed a bit of oxygen into the team, into the fans as well. All we asked for on Saturday Scotia was for, for players to play with a bit of pride, to give us something to, not to shout about, but to give us something going into the next season. And I thought they did. I'm for one not getting carried away. We all know this team needs a huge rebuild in the summer. So does Michael Beale. But um, it was pleasing on Saturday because some players stepped up and players that are going to be there next season, Scotia. Um, I thought came to the party. Yeah, I mean, in this one, I, I don't think it was a dead rubber for us, but I think you know, I think Celtic could look at it and say it was more of a dead rubber for them because, like you say, yeah, they've they've kind of wrapped everything up. They've done what they needed to do before a ball was kicked in this game. For us, I do think we needed to go in and you know and get a win um, at a bare minimum because, like you say, it does give us something to hang our hat on. And what you've got to remember as well is barring the. The very first old firm game of the season. It's not been that too far apart from both teams. And you know, I'll get back at some of the games that we've played and know that we could play far better. Don't get me wrong, there's probably Celtic could have played far better than some of them as well. But I don't think there's a huge amount between the teams when they're playing each other. Um, so, no, I'm, I, it gives you a wee bit of confidence, as you say, going into next season. Don't want to get too carried away with it because there are still. Um, Changes needed to that team, and it, it, like you mentioned, Lundstrom there as he's starting to play well because there's nothing to play for. Is it because better players are in playing round about him? You know, Jack was in there, Raskin was in there, Cantwell was in there. Having these players round about him does that bring out, out better than him? So I think you look you look through that team that played on Saturday there, and they all put in really good performances throughout the course of the game. You know, even some of the subs that came on, I know that what the majority of the subs didn't really have an awful lot of time to him packed on the game, but no, the, the starting eleven certainly have all kind of put a wee question mark down there over like for Beale to, to look at them over the summer and over the remaining few games. Yeah, apart from Matondo. <laughs> I'm trying my hardest for Matondo is my um Garney's obviously made his mind up in Sakala. I'm very close to making my mind up in Matondo. I, I thought Matondo I don't know what I bash Matondo, but I just thought at times I just think he lacks a bit of heart to beat Rangers Matondo. He just seems that type of guy. I'd give him the end of the season. I hope he proves me wrong, but it's another game for me and Matondo really didn't show. But players for me, Scotia, that showed, we'll start start from the back and kind of work our way forward. The players I thought we, we touched on a guy, McCrory. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. The way he comes off his line quickly, Scotia, he, he breathes confidence into the back line. It's... it's it's weird watching a goalkeeper come off his line all the time because we are not used to it with McGregor, but he's done himself no harm, Scotia, going into the next season. I still fully expect us to go and get, get a goalkeeper. I know we've been linked with, with Butland coming in, but McCrory, what age is McCrory now? 25, 26? Even if you say to him, if he is number two next season, you, you will have these cup goalkeepers all the time. You play in the, in the cups, so you get the games and the odd game potentially, but He's done himself no harm at all, has he? No, no. I, um, yeah, I mean, 
looking at this season, if I'd look back to what I was thinking about how this season would go at the end of last season, um, I would have had like McCrory as my number two. I didn't see McGregor staying on. I thought McLaughlin would come in and he would be number one. And um, McCrory would have number two. Obviously, that's not transpired this season. So now I think McCrory's he's got that question mark over him that he'll need to be on Beale's case saying, no, I'm going to be number one or at least number two pushing for number one spot for him next season because I think he's good enough. Um, obviously, we need to see it over a, a sustained period of time because when he has played, it's always been for small patches of games or called in when needed, when the other keepers have been injured. Like you say, I do think we'll probably will bring in one, if not two, goalkeepers in the summer. Um, I'll just we'll need to wait and see what happens there. But no, McCrory for me, I, I've been saying it for ages, but I would have no problems with McCrory being being our number one. Yeah, no, I, I just, he's I, not put a foot wrong for me at all, McCrory. Um, it looks like he's got a point to prove McCrory. He's been out injured a lot this season. He's down the peg in order. John McLaughlin, I think, is going to move on in the summer. So, no, I, I was happy for McCrory and another another fantastic performance. Um, sticking with the back line, we've talked about Suter, but Brian's um, favourite favorite player is Turkish Delight, as he calls him. Yilmaz Scotia. I've not I've given him a I probably have given him a hard time in, in recent games and Ryan's told me on um, voice notes on our group chat. But I will I'll I'll just say what I see. I don't think he has been brilliant uh in games he's been in. He has been out for a while, let's be honest. But at the weekend, Scotia, I thought he was good. The only criticism I would say is final ball at times wasn't he great, but that can be worked on. But there was a challenge in the first half, Scotia, where he went into a bad, I think it was, 50-50, and went right through him, won a ball, and I thought, yes, that'll do for me. I thought um, I thought he was very good on Saturday. Yeah, Yelmez was another really good player as well, One probably one of the more standoutish of some of the players that were on. Um, he offers us something different than to what we're used to, that's clear, because he, he likes to cut inside, he likes to, like, pass and link up the play and go forward as well with it. Um, I thought it was very good. I think one of the big things for me that an awful lot of people maybe they look at Yilmaz and this is maybe where they have a wee bit of apprehension is probably his physicality. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a wee tiny guy that when you look, so I get I can get why people maybe have a wee bit of fear about him. But like you say, he's, from what I've seen of him when he's played and again, it's been in patches an awful lot this season. It's not been for a sustained period of time. He hasn't looked like a wee shrinking violet to me. He looks like he, he wants to get in and about it. So, no, again, listen, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Yilmaz because he's obviously, he is a big sellable asset, I still think. I still think if Beal doesn't fancy him, it's money that we, I don't think we'll lose much of the transfer fee we've paid on him. But I probably wouldn't be willing to let him go. I would like want to see him get a a decent run in the team. So I would be quite happy with Yelmas to stay on because you've got to remember that Borna's coming into, into the last year he has contract at the start of next yeah. season. And I think it's it's time for a wee bit of freshness in the team in that position. Yeah, but, yeah I mean, he was, he's touted as a, as a big talent out in Turkey. Um, where did he come from? Was it Besiktas he came from? To us. Besiktas, wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah. obviously he was there kind of golden boy there. They were they were disappointed to, to lose him, but yeah, I think we persist with Yilmaz going forward next season. I, I think he's one of these players that could um, excel with better players round about him. And I'd like to think we will see that next season. 
other one in the middle apart before we come on to the, the obvious one, Scotia. Raskin, you've got a theory we're asking that he plays better when Ryan Jack is there. Um, <laughs> and at the weekend, when Ryan Jack was there, I know Lundstrom was there too, but I thought it freed him up a wee bit, Scotia. I thought he was um, he buzzed about the park, Nick Balls, drove with balls. Again, he was another player that I thought was very good. And the calibre of signing we've brought in in January, we'll come on to another guy, is encouraging moving forward with... That's if that's Beale's first two signings, it gives you encouragement going into summer with, let me be honest, a, a big rebuild to do. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've liked Raskin since he's come in. I thought he's played well. Obviously, I don't think the injuries has helped him too much. Um, I don't think that's yeah. been ideal for him. But there, I was not getting concerned. But I, I just noticed that Raskin he was starting to kind of play a wee bit within himself, whereas the other guy that will come on to hasn't been, and that's maybe where. But I'm sitting, I've probably got the, the opinions that I has had when the, both of these players came in. It's the opposite way around now that I've seen them play for Rangers for a wee period of time. Um, but I do think he'll be very, very good for him. He's only 21 and um, just yeah. moved to the country as well. So, you know, that's you need to take that into consideration. And I think, to be honest, listen, anyone that plays with Ryan Jack looks a better player because Ryan Jack's one of these intelligent intelligent type of midfielders that can allow players around them that you know that can maybe do a wee bit more on the ball that Jack maybe can't. He allows them to do that. And um, I know I was really impressed again by Raskin. Um, and hopefully, like you say, if this is a sign of things to come with, with Beal's signings, then it can only be a good thing for us. Yeah, I, I like that. I just think he brings energy to the middle of the park, Scotia. For too long, we've said we've lacked, we've had no energy in the middle of the park before these two boys come in. I thought we were lethargic, side to side, backwards. I just thought he brings a buzz in that midfield. Um, and I'm excited to see him going forward. You need to remember, before he came to Rangers in January, Scotia, he hadn't played much football either. No, he, needs to yeah. get, he needs to get up to speed. That's the reason I think Rangers brought him in in January, was because he hadn't played much football. Get him up to speed, bed him in now for the summer in European football as well, before we kick off in the domestic calendar uh, next season. But... Moving on to his pal who was brought in in January, Scotia, Todd Cantwell. He's been pretty much man of the match most games for Rangers since he's come in, let's be honest about it. At the weekend, Scotia, I thought he looked like a guy just, he went on that part determined to win that game for Rangers. I thought he showed everything, um, determination. He wins balls back. He's, he's not scared to get in. Brian sits down the... The govern front, and so does Lee. And he was saying he was he was noising them them up. He was noising that Ralston and McGregor up. I like that. He's a he's gallus as well, um, and he's um, he's not scared. He wants a ball all the time. I thought he was fantastic in Saturday Scotia and wages. He's twenty five. Todd Cantwell. We've got a a serious player on our hands. I think going forward. Yeah, I mean, I've been really, really impressed with Cantwell since he's come in. And he, he's, I know you said that he was going to be a good player for us, but I, I, I struggle to imagine you even thought how good he was going to be with the dig that he's got about him. He's Because he's, he's yeah. a bit different than I, I was expecting. I wasn't expecting the dig that he's got in him because you've seen it a few times recently, wee things that he does off the ball and things, wee things no giving folk their water, oh, what a crime to humanity, um, things like that. And um I've I've been really impressed with Cantwell. Like, you can see that he absolutely gets it up here as well. 
which is always good to see. And he's now become a fan's favourite almost instantly. And like you say, every game that he's played since he's come in, he probably has been man of the match, or if not man of the match, definitely. And we a good shout of being, being it. And um, it's one of these reasons why you think the play of the year and stuff get called too early, because I think Cantwell's you know, his performances since he's come in, he, he pushes himself right into that conversation. Yeah, I just, I just think he's he's a level above a lot of the players we have in that park. And I know there's players that have majorly let us down this season, so it's not overly hard. But when you see that standard of play on the park squash, he's a joy to watch at times. And I'll be honest, when I thought he when and I knew he was coming, I knew he was a good player because I'd seen him in Norwich, I'd seen him in the Premiership. I didn't think he had this nasty side. Not an ast. You know what I mean? A bit yeah. of dig. He's picked up a few yellow cards plays a lot deeper than what I thought he would play. I thought we would put him out in a wing or something. He doesn't. Floats about. Aye, you've got to build a team around him. If we could get him, Raskin, and one other player in the summer to play in there, we've got Tom Lawrence, who we always keep forgetting about because we've brought these boys in and we just keep forgetting about Lawrence. He'll be back, um, hopefully, yeah, in August, September, when we kick off. So, no, it's, it's encouragement. Can't we? I know Carney said it. Uh, at the, at the weekend, he's worried somebody might come in and take him. And my come back to Carney was that's a good sign, Carney, because that means we are bringing in decent players. And unfortunately, as I said in the on the post match on on Saturday, that's the model we need to bring players that Todd Cantwell's and hopefully get a couple of seasons out of them and move them on for big bucks and then reinvest again. What's your opinion on that, Jaggery? Yeah, I mean, it needs to be the, the you want to bring in players and you want then other clubs to be sniffing around them because it means that they're doing well for you and people yeah. are taking notice of them. Ideally, you don't want to continuously buy someone, only have them for six months, sell them. Like a boom like song. Say, if we can, <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's a whole that's a whole different kettle of fish, that one. That yeah. was um, some some well-worked um, some well worked dealings with um, a certain Mr. Graham Sinis there, I think, um, Say no more than that. Um, but no, that, that's kind of what you want. Get a good couple of seasons out of them, you know, and then then flip them for decent money. Because it's not really, really happened for us yet. We've not managed to do it. And we're about to see that it's not happened with your Kents and your Morelos's. You know, we're letting them now go for nothing. Um, that I want to do it, but let's not get too car- carried away with ourselves. We don't want them to go <laughs> right now. We'll keep them for a good few seasons, please. Yeah. <laughs> No, definitely, definitely. Um, but moving forward, of course, we've got three games left then this season. We are playing Hibs and Sunday away, Hearts at home, and we're away to St Mirren. What's your thoughts on the final three games? Do you just think, do you think it'll persist with that kind of same team, your Matondos, Gilmazes? Do you think it'll be pretty much the team we've seen over the last couple of weeks to the end of the season? Um, and do you also think We'll see Morelos. I know Kent's maybe injured, but Morelos maybe on the the Hearts game potentially as a as a farewell. Jill Gap Jinkyo bring him on the park for that. I know we've got games before that, but what's your thoughts? Last final three games. I reckon what we're going to see is pretty much what we've seen there on um, Saturday. But I reckon you're going to more likely see your likes of Hadji play a wee bit more, get him fitter because it's clear yeah. to see he's still not fully match fit yet, which and it's difficult to do with it, like three remaining games of the season when let's be honest, apart from the Hearts game, I don't think the other oh maybe Hibs actually do. I think Hibs might actually have some. Hibs are still with. playing we'll get, for you know, Europe. Yeah. 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 So we'll get we'll get that 
when we come to it on Friday evening. But um, I think you'll see that. You may potentially see Lowry and Lovelace get a few more starts. I expect to Jack, now that he's now that he played at the weekend there, I expect to see him at least in two of the last three games. Again, to get, get his fitness up. Morelos is an interesting one. I don't know if he'll get his wee swan song. I'm not sure, but one one other that I think definitely will, although we did say this against, and it's the same team that we're going to play, but I fully expect that um, McGregor will probably play the majority of the game against Hearts at Ibrox. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the only, that's the only yeah. other one. But we said this when we played Hearts at Hamden last year, and <laughs> look what happened. So I, don't don't hold me in that one, but I do expect to maybe see McGregor come in for the last game at Ibrox. Yeah, potentially. I know he's got his obviously he's got his testimonials coach against Newcastle in um, pre-season, so he'll always have that. But that's a bit of a, a bizarre one because it's, it's not a pre, yeah, it's, it's not, not a really, testimonial game. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a pre-season game. So I don't, I don't know if McGregor can play. That. How does that work? I don't know if it's not sure because it's of course it's a friendly it's a trialist. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, uh, a trialist. That yeah. guy trialist. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's a bizarre one, but we'll, we'll come on to that when it comes. Um, that's a, That'll be a full house for that one. Um, but no, I've been interested going forward the final three games. Obviously, you want to win them all. Yes, they are kind of dead rubbers, but you want to win them all. There's players there that are playing for their playing for their futures for, for next season. Your Matondos um, and all that need to try and show something going forward. So it'll be interesting. As you say, these teams that we're playing, maybe not St Mirren, but Hibs and Hearts have got something to play for. So they'll be, um, they'll be tasty games as always. But... Moving on, one guy, Scotia, who um, unfortunately got injured a few weeks ago in, in the, the old firm game at Hamden, has won the Young Player of the Year award, Malik Tillman. Um, he's out for, he did say he's out for about 10 to 12 weeks. He should be back in July. I was looking at his, he's had 43 appearances for us this year, 12 goals. Um, he was asked, what's the chances of coming to Rangers? He basically says it's between the two clubs and him, and it's a 50-50 chance. What's your thoughts on um, Tillman next season? I, I'll be honest. I can't see him signing. I, I think I think he wants to go a better league. Not with no dis- disrespect to the Scottish league, but I think he wants to go to a better league. And um, I don't think he'll be there next season. What do you think? No, he, Tillman says it's a 50-50. It's between Rangers, Bayern Munich and him. I think it's pretty much about 80% down to him. Yeah. Nine, 19% down to Bayern Munich and 1% down to Rangers. Because I think Rangers would want him. I think that if, if we... Because we've been told that the money was put away to get Tillman in, you know, because you've obviously had the, the Sands money sitting there as well. So I do think it's fully down to Malik Tillman. And I, I remember saying back in... December time, maybe uh, just after the, we came back from the World Cup, that the question now was not whether or not we buy him. It's does Malik Tillman want to continue playing in Scotland? And I kind of get the opinion that probably not. That I think he'll maybe look to his international career. You know, he didn't make the the US men's national team squad um, for the World Cup. There, that he'll look at that. I reckon potentially he'll have offers to go out and loan again to any sort of mid to lower 
level or even higher level in the top five leagues around Europe. Obviously, if Munich were wanting to go explore that route again, I reckon you could get like lower half the English Premier League. There'd be teams like in you know Italy, Spain that would take a punt on him. So, yeah, I unfortunately don't see it happening. But if I could, I would make it happen instantly because I think if you because we've not really been able to see Tillman play when he's been fully fully at it with a fully at it Raskin and Cantwell either when the whole team's been playing well because I think that would be really exciting to see Yeah, it's an intro I've back and forth back and forth Tillman all season begin the season I thought nah, I don't think he's got it for playing in Scottish football and then he hit that purple patch and I thought no we need to sign him then folk have said he's, he's not shown up in the, the bigger games if you want to say against Celtic which, which he hasn't but he is a young lad. But then you look at his stats and he's, he's scored 12 goals, umpteen assists and 43 appearances. It's it's good for a young lad coming in. You look at Jory, when he came in, he, he didn't have those stats. But, I mean, we've met him, Scotia. He, he's a quite a quiet guy, Malik Tillman. He just, just his body language and, and looking at him and that interview, I, I just can't see him. I can't see him signing. In a pure business sense, I think if you signed him, you would make money on him going forward. But, do you think Beal, with what he's mentioned now, that he wants to bring in potentially a dozen players, do you think he thinks that money's maybe better spent elsewhere because he needs more players than what he initially thought? It's a difficult one. Yeah, possibly. But he's maybe looking at that and he's maybe already decided that there's other players there that he can shift out the door that would bring his in money to, to allow him to play. I see yeah. a comment there from, from Aldo McNaught saying that he'd rather... Lowry gets minutes rather than Tillman. I don't know. I just, I'd, I'd really like, to, I would like the look of Tillman, excuse me, easy for me to say. Um, ever since we'd seen him, Kenny, in those first couple of early European games, um, liked him and he's been consistently their best player throughout the season until he kind of got his first wee niggly injury and then he kind of fell away from it and then Cantwell kind of took his place, I, I would say, in that regard. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd still want him, but yeah, like I say, I don't. I probably, unfortunately, don't see it happening. Yeah, and you know what will happen, Scotia? He'll go away and he'll become an absolute superstar and we'll all look back in about five years' time and go, <laughs> we should have signed Malik Dillman, but that's the story being a Rangers fan. That usually will happen. But um, we have come to pretty much the end of the show, Scotia. So I would like to thank everyone in the comments tonight Everyone with their kind donations. Um, I'll try not to make an arse of the, the outro <laughs> video, Scotia, <laughs> so I, I won't press the intro. Um, yeah, I don't know how I did that, to be honest. But, um, <laughs> yes, I would like to thank my one and only guest tonight, Mr Scott Gemmell. Thank you very much for coming on. And Friday, I don't know if the four of us are on. I know Carney's back, but um, it'll be at least three of us, but Thank you for coming on tonight. Yeah, no, it's yours. It's been enjoyable being on um, live again on a Tuesday night. Quite enjoy these because um, it means I get to come on on a Tuesday night. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed that. And what I, actually what I was thinking is I've enjoyed the comments from everyone as well. And I'll need to get in touch with the um, club admin, Scott Carney, and then um, club admin, Jamie Lowe as well, and try and figure out how I can get to bring the comments up on the, on the, the feed, feed that everyone sees on YouTube because I can't do it. And it's left all to you to control, Ali. Yeah, I don't think you're trusted with it, Scotia, even though I made a blueprint at the beginning. I don't think you've 
um, <laughs> earns your badges to go into that. So, yes, maybe next season you'll earn your badges for that, Scotia. But no, thanks for coming on. Thanks for Carney in the chat. Um, we will be back on Friday. I don't know who's hosting Scotia. Is it it's you or Ryan? Potentially you, I think. Uh, we'll, it is. We'll, we'll possibly me. We'll decide amongst ourselves over the next few days. Yes, it will be um, Scotia or Ryan on Friday for Club Live. So we'll be live at on Friday at Half Six on YouTube. So if you could um, get involved, that much appreciated. But yes, we have been Club at 22, the Rangers podcast, and we will be back on Friday. Good night. <laughs>